What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up, brought to you here by Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm your host, Howard Bender. With me, Adam Ronis. Adam, it's been a couple of days. We've been doing a, a little work with John and Pemba uh, for Monday Night Football. It was a whole fun episode. Uh, you and Fenty on NBA yesterday. I don't want to. I listen. I'll tell you this: if you guys did not listen to yesterday's episode, just go back and listen to it. It is an epic rant. It is not safe to listen to with your small children. But it is definitely worth a listen. It is 30 minutes of NBA deliciousness. Uh, Today, Adam, we're going to talk football because we haven't had a a chance to really talk about uh, the, I mean, week one wrapped and now we move into week two waivers last night. If you were on like Yahoo and ESPN uh, waivers tonight, if you're, you know, doing industry leagues like we do, or you're working on sites like RT sports, um, I got to tell you, man, the overreactions that we are dealing with, like, I know we deal with this every single day, every single year, right? It's this, it's literally the same thing over and over again. It drives me insane sometimes that people don't learn from mistakes that they made by overreacting and making stupid panic trades uh, or dropping players uh, because they're only basing it off of one week. I'm sure you're dealing with a, a mess of questions, whether it's Twitter or email or anything like that. Are you getting all the overreaction? Oh, yeah, of course. And like you said, it happens every single year, especially if you have a bad week one, players underperform, uh, you're already hitting the panic button. And we all know anyone who has played for a long time that it's one week. And especially this year, it's a lot different. We had no preseason. So there's still a lot of things that we're learning. Some things happened that we didn't expect, others we expected. Uh, you know, it's tough to say it's a long season because it really isn't. We only have 13 weeks of the regular season for most. But you can start 0-2, 0-3 and still come back, especially if your league values total points. Uh, and even if it's just record, you can still come back. So you can't overreact. In certain situations, there might have been some things that are alarming that we have to be concerned about. but For some of the players, you know, they had a really bad matchup. The team was terrible. Uh, You have to just be patient and don't run out and make a rash decision and be like, oh, I'm cutting this guy. I drafted him in the second round last week, but that's it. I'm done with him after week one. Like, why'd you draft him in the second round then if you were going to give him one week to show something? Makes no sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, going into it's so funny that you bring that up because it's like, why did you draft him? It's like all these people were asking me, uh, heading into week one, they were like, yeah, I don't like Daniel Jones's matchup uh, against San Francisco. So should I stream in Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, or whoever it was that they were streaming? And, and, and you know, it's like, listen, like, I get it. You know, the, the matchup really wasn't looking very strong. But you knew that when you drafted him. So if you looked at what his upcoming schedule was, why, why in the world did you not, did you not come up with a a backup plan or a contingency plan? Like, why would you sit there and say, yeah, you know what? Uh, Oh, the Steelers, not the Niners, you know? So, so why in the world, if you knew that he was facing the Steelers week one, Monday night, and you don't like that matchup, why in the world did you not draft a second quarterback then? Like that. 
boggles my mind as much as it does when I hear people uh, who are now crapping on Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, um, Mark Ingram. Trying to think of of how many other you know players. I mean, who who else? Who else do you hear people overreact? Austin Eckler. Oh, Austin Eckler. Oh, that one's actually that's a change of scheme. That actually might not be too. I'm not going to give up. I don't have any shares of Eckler. Neither do I. I mean, I I was concerned before the year. The one this is the one thing I'll say with him. He had 20 touches. It's hard to get upset Mm -hmm. when your running back has 20 touches. Now it's not distributed the way you wanted them. But come on, man. Eckler had 108 targets last year. Did you really think that was going to happen again without Phillip Rivers and Taylor coming in? It wasn't going to happen. We know Rivers checks down to the running backs a lot, and we saw it in week one in Indy. One target of surprise? Sure. Now, they play Kansas City this week. They should be playing from behind. If he doesn't get five, six, seven targets this week, then yeah, you should be worried. But we did hear Anthony Lynn say, yeah, we're not going to check down to the running backs a lot. So I was with you. I was worried about that for Eckler because I think a lot of his value is involved in the passing game. But he had 19 carries, though. So right. it's hard to get upset when your running back gets 20 touches. At the same time, Josh Kelly looked really good and got some of the goal line looks. So uh, I think there's some reason to be concerned, but not like complete panic yet. Yeah, no, they definitely shouldn't panic. But I mean, you know, it's the carries are, are what it's all about. And, you know, Joshua Kelly's going to, uh, yeah, Joshua Kelly's going to end up uh, getting some work also over there. But, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with the RPO, uh, yeah, Eckler's going to be the guy behind it. Like I outlined it in the, in the systems article uh, over at Fantasy Alarm. Like I, you know, I do it every year. I go over every team's offensive system and I explain what it is now uh you know Eckler fits because he's the lead running back but yeah you can't expect the uh the the number of checkdowns the the way it was supposed to you know the way that they were looking at it and you know if that was your expectation uh you didn't really investigate it all that well uh in order to uh to do it I mean I saw oh man do you see like towards the end of the end of the of preseason he was like going in the late first yeah, I was, I mean, yeah, I did actually see a couple drafts drafts in, in the late first, and I was like, wow. And I like the player, but I just, again, I just didn't see, there was no way he was going to come close to what he did last year in the passing game. Just, he had 92 receptions. Like, did people realize that? And eight receiving touchdowns, and he just didn't do much on the ground. Uh, and I would be surprised if he gets 19 carries every week. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something, you know, I don't expect either, but... I think this week will be a little revealing because I expect them to be playing from behind against the Chiefs. And, you know, the game against the Bengals was kind of, it was very close. It's not like they might have been down. I think they were down a little bit early, but it was like one possession game. So it's not like, all right, now we're in hurry up mode. We got it. They were both like real conservative, run the football. But I don't think they'll have that opportunity this week. So this will be a key game to see how many targets he gets. It'll definitely be a key game to see what he gets in as far as his workload goes. Um, you know, I mean, again, yeah, like you said, they're playing the Chiefs. You know, the the, the Chargers defense is great, but, you know, yeah, is it going to stop Mahomes? I mean, come on. That offense is uh, is nuts. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I just I, – I feel for you guys. You know, I, I didn't have a strong week one because I have a lot of Mixon and a lot of Chubb. Um, 
you know, I had a lot of like top guys who didn't really perform that well in week one, whether it was the matchups or or whatnot. And so, you know, shit happens. You can't sit there and like, you know, totally flip out about it. And you can't you, you just can't take what you did, all the research and the work that you did in the preseason leaving leading up to your draft and then throw it out the friggin window after one week. Yeah, I mean, I think you do need to be open to look at, evaluate things and go, maybe you were wrong on something. Uh, but each situation is different. Uh, but like Nick Chubb, Cleveland, they played Baltimore and they had a shitty game. You know, I do think they need to be better this week. If they don't show up against the Bengals on Thursday night, then you could start to panic. Right. But Nick Chubb averaged six yards per carry on 10 carries. He was taken out of the game because they're playing from behind. So Kareem Hunt's the better pass catching back. So he's going to be in there. So you can't really evaluate what Nick Chubb did. Now, if the same thing happens this week and they're playing from ahead, from ahead, then yeah, now you have to worry. Um, But this should be a game. I think the Bengals are missing both their defensive tackles too. So they got some injuries. This should be a game that they feed Chubb. And Beckham was open a lot last week. Baker Mayfield was just terrible and couldn't hit him. So I expect Beckham to bounce back this week. You know, last week, Beckham was someone I ranked in the 20s. In fact, I benched him in the league. And I I told Fancy that he was surprised. Look, did I want to bench Beckham? No. But I looked at my team and I said, I think I have better options. I think it was like, I know I played Hollywood Brown on over him, Keenan Allen, Marvin Jones, and one more solid receiver. Um, And I just felt like, I think Thielen. I'm like, these are all better options. Not and I wouldn't tell everyone to bench Beckham. Another league I had Beckham, 14-team league. My best option on the bench was Lazard. I'm not playing Lazard over him, even though Lazard had a better game than Beckham. Right. I don't regret that move. Like, I got to see Lazard first. So there was one instance where I benched Beckham and another one where I didn't. But we knew going in he had a difficult matchup. And I expected the Browns to be more competitive than they were. I didn't think they were going to get rolled on like that, as good as Baltimore is. The Browns beat Baltimore last year, first matchup of the year. And we thought the Browns were better. It's still one week. Uh, They clearly weren't ready. Now, short week, they got the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals are the doormat they were, but they're not good. Like, they have to come out and put up points. If they don't, then you have a little bit more reason to be worried about the Browns. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm not going to make any snap judgments off of one week. You know, if I'm going to make waiver claims after week one, the people who I'm dropping are the people who I took a shot on late in my draft who don't look like they have as clear a path to targets or touches as as I once believed. You know, like A.J. Dillon, bye-bye. Okay. Right, yeah. You great, know? great example. Great example. Definitely. Jamal Williams is ahead of him. I mean, it's pretty clear. Dylan had two carries for 14 yards. Maybe later in the year he emerges, but clearly right now, unless you're like in a league with 20, 22 spots where you have the room to stash, there's no reason to. And maybe in week seven, he gets a bigger role and you're going to be like, oh, I had him and dropped him. Well, if you have injuries, there's someone on the waiver wire that you want to pick up. You know, maybe you have Michael Thomas and Cortland Sutton. You might need a receiver. Right. Traquan Smith could be out there. Drop AJ Dillon for Traquan Smith. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I actually don't. I kind of feel like that was an exact move that I did in one league. 
It's funny that you oh. should say that, Traquan. I big. have this vision that I just feel everything that you've done. So be careful because I'm watching you, Bender. I'm fine with that, man. I'm fine with that. Listen, you, you, I just, I just gave you a name, and you were like, great example. Like I've never heard you so bullish on an example of mine. That's. You know, I'm quite pleased. I'm feeling good about that. We probably won't hear me say that for another six months. So just relish in this moment. I'm marking it on the calendar right now. <laughs> Dear Diary, Adam said something nice about something I said. <laughs> do I really not say that many nice things about you? Dude, I'm kidding. I don't know. I, do I count nice things that are said about Yeah, you, you just know? marked it on your calendar. This is a momentous moment. <laughs> Slight exaggeration. So, you know, this is, it's, you know, it's for the entertainment aspect also, Adam. I mean, I, I like think, to be real, man. I, I like I to be real. Oh, I, I am think, real. I think we're entertaining when we're real anyway. We're not like these boring people like, yeah, so um, this week, 24 snaps for, we're not, we're not like that. We're lively. We're energetic. We love this. We're passionate. <laughs> the NPR of, uh, of podcasts. <laughs> oh, I really do think that he could break through that line and if you look at his yards per carry after and when contact, i hear people like that i'm like okay here we go time to uh <laughs> like uh ship them a case of red bull or something right anything anything just pinch them while they're talking for crying out loud um all right so overreaction tuesday can't imagine how those people have sex but that's another story go ahead <laughs> oh yes that's, that's the spot yes. right there. Yes. <laughs> Touch that. Yes, keep tugging. Um, the counterclockwise motion was a lot more exhilarating to me. So if you could continue that, it would be great. Time out. <laughs> Let me show you how to do it correctly. <laughs> do you need me to put together a PowerPoint presentation for you? Because I can make this happen. I'll send it to you. Email it to you tomorrow. Make sure you read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Listen to that. Um, all right. Let's put overreactions behind us here. What I want to talk about. Well, first, before we continue on here, how about a little shout out to our sponsor? Like an early shout out to our sponsor. Say hi to everybody over at Monkey Knife Fight. Get your asses over there. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com. If you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word. All right, guess what? That's a match deposit. You know what? Don't take Howard present day, his word for it. Take what Howard thought about and said about this uh, about two months ago right here. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. 
Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Big thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. Always great. All right, Ronus. Here we go. The um the rankings over at uh, at fantasyalarm.com, the weekly rankings, your first blush at week two. Um, I want to know who the players are who surprised you that you were ranking them as high as you did. Like, you were like, whoa, wait a minute. Am I really ranking this guy in the top 10? I want to hear who turned your head the most. Um, I would a week ago, I would have said Aaron Rodgers. I didn't think I'd have him in the top 10 because uh, I was not high on him going into the year. And uh, I have him at seven this week. I don't know if it's a surprise after what he did last week, but he's going up against Detroit. We know Detroit has a lot of injuries in the secondary right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm surprised to see you know him that high this early. Uh, let's see. At running back, um, I mean, it's not a surprise now, but Jonathan Taylor I have in the top 10. I mean, he's just in such a good spot now without Marlon Mack, even with Naheem Hines there. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, the people who drafted him in round three – are going to look pretty smart by maybe the end of this week or next week, but definitely by the end of the season, if he stays healthy, you know, he's going to be uh, a huge difference maker. Okay. I mean, I think that that's, uh, that's absolutely fantastic to know, you know, cause I was going to ask you, I mean, you, you, you've got, you've heard that they, that they brought in Lamar Miller for a workout. You know, that Jordan Wilkins is still there. They were happy to keep him on, on the roster. Uh, Naeem Hines, yeah, he's the pass catching back. But, you know, I guess the, the real question is, is um, was Philip Rivers shaky enough to have Frank Reich go with a little bit more of a run-heavy scheme and go big on Jonathan Taylor? Take his, take his shiny new toy for a walk. Yeah, I mean, either way. I mean, the encouraging thing was he caught six passes. Even with Naeem Hines heavily involved in the offense, and we know, as we touched upon before, Rivers, because of his arm limitations, does throw to the running backs and throw short passes. So, yeah, I think Taylor is just in a good spot. And uh, I think I have him in basketball. I don't have him in any redraft. Uh, I was hoping to get him in one. I think I was in the fourth round of a draft and we had a partner. And I was like, oh, if he makes it back to us, we're going to take him. And he never made it back because we were picking at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, uh, trying to think, do I have any share? I don't think I have any. Yeah, that's one of those where you're like, oh man, I wish I had, yeah, that's one you're like, oh man, I wish I had him. But, you know, look, we knew, I I expected his role to grow as the season went along, uh, but Mm -hmm. it was just, you know, unfortunate that Matt got hurt in week one. No one could have seen that coming. Right, yeah, no, that's definitely, of course nobody saw that coming, but, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying about, you know, like I swore I wouldn't take Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round. And there we were at like the Fantasy Alarm Staff League. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm at the end of this draft here. Why the hell not? If somebody's going to let him fall, uh, I'll take a shot and just, you know, see just to, just to have him right there. So, yeah, OK, I, I got you. I got you there. All right. So Taylor is high up for you. Let me go to your uh, are you looking at your standards or your PPR? PPR. All right, so let me go over to your PPR, and let's see. Let's let's take a let's take a little walk 
through Adam Ronis's rankings here on the Fantasy Alarm. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's make that move. Um, all right, let's see. I'm not gonna see. I'm not gonna just give them all away here. I'm not gonna sit here and recite what Adam's rankings are. Get your ass. Yeah, over people to can go to the site for that. Right, fantasyalarm.com/nfl/rankings uh, brings you to the page. If you don't have the the DFS NFL playbook, not DFS, it's just the NFL playbook pro. If you don't have that subscription, you ain't gonna be able to see them all. So you better get over there. Go to fantasyalarm.com slash packages. All right. Use the promo code DOMINATE. That is still in effect for 20% off. Uh, I highly recommend it so that you can see these. All right. So this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm on your running backs here in the PPR. This guy, this guy. Oh, yeah. There is Jonathan Taylor right there inside your top 10. Yada, yada, yada. Um let's see all right you know i mean i don't see anything well here you go you've got james connor on the cusp of your top 20 do let's let's talk about that a do you think he plays this week b like if you don't then how much time do you think he is gonna have because what i really secretly want to know is what kind of a mistake are non-connor owners making by bidding on G- on uh, on Benny Snell in Fab. Um. Well, I I don't know if he's gonna play. I put him in there for now because they said it wasn't serious, but I might have to take him out. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but that's not a surprise. They played Monday, so this is something that obviously could change any day. I think if you, I think anyone should bid on Benny Snell. I don't think you have to be the Connor owner to get him. I mean, I drafted him in the GST league and the Connor owner sent me a text saying F you. Um, and I said, sorry, I wasn't <laughs> trying to take him away. I, for me, he was the highest running back on my board in round 15 or whenever I got it. Um, so, you know, I know people like to handcuff and everything, but to me, I looked at it and said, all right, round 15, not a lot of running backs left. Connor has an injury history. If he goes down, I know Benny Snell's the next guy up. They said that. We knew that. I think in May, June, July, people were drafted Anthony McFarland, who they drafted, thinking, all right, he's the guy. But we found out, uh, Tomlin said it. Yeah, Benny Snell's looked good. He's the guy. I thought he looked way better than last year on Monday night. He lost some weight. He looked quicker. So uh, in my home league, you went for 155 today. I didn't put in a high bid just because – I didn't have anyone to drop like my mm-hmm. worst running back is Boston Scott. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, if I pick up Snell, I don't even know if I'm going to start him. Even if he goes this week, I would probably try and find a way to get him in. But I didn't really need him. I was actually surprised he went for that little because someone spent four ninety nine on Peyton Barber. I mean, really? Um, four ninety nine on yeah. Peyton Barber? Yeah, man. See, <laughs> that makes no sense to me. No, not at all. I mean, Peyton Barber. Look, Peyton Barber is a small bit if you're desperate. And I am kind of desperate in a couple leagues, and I still don't want him. I mean, he had 17 carries for 29 yards. Sure, he scored two touchdowns, got the goal line. But, and I don't understand this, because Tampa did the same thing last year. I got into an argument with my friend. He's like, oh, Peyton Barber's not bad. I'm like, yeah, he is. Watch him. He's not good. He's a ordinary, done nothing special. Doesn't make you miss. Doesn't catch the football. Because uh, I was saying Ronald Jones deserves more touches last year. I thought Ronald Jones looked better. They kept going with Barber. Now, Antonio Gibson... 
I thought it, it might take some time with him because uh, remember he didn't get a lot of running back touches in college. He's the more explosive athlete, but they had the lead and they probably said, let's go with the veteran and ice this out. I still think Gibson will emerge at some point, And I, that's a guy I would hold on to. Don't panic on him and cut him. And I did see some people cut him, but uh, yeah, with Connor, it's, it, it's tricky right now. Um, I did draft Connor in one of my last drafts and I wasn't able to get Snell. So uh, it sucks. But yeah, if you're the Connor owner, you should probably be very aggressive on Snell so you can at least lock up the backfield. But also keep in mind, Snell's not going to catch a lot of passes. He had one target. They brought in Jalen Samuels for that. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, I just I, I like the fact that he got the carries that he got and he got. Oh, the yeah. That oh, he got. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when 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 Pittsburgh is going to be up and they're going to be up a lot this year, um, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. I You know, I've got Connor in a number of leagues. Um, I've put in, you know, I put in bids. Well, by the time everybody's listening to this, you've, you've, you've woke it up. <sighs> now you looked at your fab and you looked at what the results are and you're either, you know, super happy or you're like, ah, oh, balls. I totally overpaid for that guy. Um, or, you know, you're, uh, you're completely distraught because you missed everybody and, uh, you got to learn to be more aggressive when you need to be more aggressive. So that's what you're listening to now. Me. Uh, for the, the leagues that I had Connor in, um, I was, I was aggressive. I mean, I wasn't crazy aggressive. I'm talking like, you know, t- between 22 and 25%, um, you know, which when you have a thousand dollar budget, I'm not too distraught about that, especially, you know, just to have that security, like he'll be on my roster and I'll leave him there unless it's like, unless something gets so bonkers and crazy, I will leave him there right next to Alexander Madison as the must handcuff in case something happens. Connor's got injuries. Dalvin Cook's got injuries. You love the, the you know, owning that backfield. Uh, it just gives you some nice security. So, you know, so yeah, so I definitely I was a little more aggressive. How did you do with, um, with, with the other guys? Or, or you know, let's talk about the, uh, some of the other, uh, the, the running backs who are available, Joshua Kelly uh, and, and Naeem Hines. Probably the two of the, you know, them and Snell are probably the three biggest. Um, am I missing anybody? Don't see Malcolm me. Brown. Malcolm Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he's so forgettable. Did you know that, that <laughs> of Malcolm Brown's eight career rushing touchdowns, five of them have come in week one? Didn't he have two week one last year? Yeah. Yeah, and I remember people – went crazy on him like oh he's the because there were reports like he was going to be the red zone back with Gurley kind of banged up and he got the two touchdowns and then uh did he even score the rest of the year maybe one I don't even know I don't even know if he did yeah. either like that's yeah see there you go that's you know to me that's the uh <laughs> that's that's the problem with you know a guy like Malcolm Brown now I mean listen there is a committee there and it will be Brown and Akers and Daryl Henderson so you know if you're an Akers owner then you want to get Brown. I don't necessarily know if you have to be as aggressive uh, with Brown as if, like, you know, you were a Connor owner going after Snell. Um, although maybe you see it differently. Yeah, no, I don't think you you need to. Uh, I think Akers will eventually grow into a bigger role. I just think he was kind of tentative. It was his first NFL game. Uh, Brown looked good. There's no question, but... Henderson will get healthier, and I think they'll use Acres more. Even McVay was saying, yeah, you know, 
We used him more than we thought. He looked good. You know, he's been in the system. He's the veteran. But I wouldn't go crazy on him unless I absolutely needed someone this week because I, I think he probably gets a decent role again this week. But what if Akers comes in and finally looks dynamic and is breaking tackles? Hot hand, right? So they'll go to Akers. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as well. That's my belief. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, it, what, what would it do for, for Malcolm Brown? Like they drafted Akers for a reason. And, I, you know, I, I thought Akers, I thought Akers did a fantastic job uh, behind a crap, you know, a crap line in, uh, in Florida State. Also caught some passes there. So, I, you know, I feel like I'm not going to say that he can do it all by himself, but I think he can definitely take care of the lion's share um, in L.A. So I'm, I'm more in on Akers than I am on Brown. What about uh, Joshua Kelly? Oh, I drafted him in a ton of leagues. I have him. I didn't even realize how many I have until I was going through my rosters this week. So I was pretty high on him and he looked really good. And I think they do want to run the football quite a bit. So we saw Eckler get the 19 carries and Kelly was still involved and was used near the goal line. So he's the guy that I like um, more than Brown because I think he has value long term. I think he's got value long term also. I, I, you know, Justin Jackson was supposed to be the guy last year and got hurt. And so now, you know, with him, you know. I, I thought that, like I said it before, I was like, I, I think that, that Joshua Kelly's got the talent to just leapfrog Justin Jackson altogether. Um, and he's not going to push Eckler aside completely, but I mean, he could, he could really eat into the carries. Another reason why I'm kind of down on Eckler. Yeah, no, there's, there's reason for concern. Uh, we have to really see the next couple weeks what happens. Again, if you're Eckler and you have him. 20 touches, you can't complain. But if you're in a PPR format, you were expecting a lot more than one target. And if Kelly continues to eat and get the carries at the goal line, so if Eckler's not catching passes now and not getting goal line carries and you're stuck between the 20s, it's very hard to return that value, especially where he was being drafted. Yeah. Oh, next to impossible to, to return that value. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's see uh, who uh, wide receivers who are available. Like, I mean, it's kind of funny. Yeah, because you and I were, were in the leagues. There's not a lot on the waiver wire here. Uh, a lot of people are looking at, you know, Traquan Smith in uh, in New Orleans uh, with Michael Thomas's injury. Who's who's the who's the wide receiver you want via waivers right now? And who's the wide receiver that people who are listening right now are wishing they never bid money on? Well, again, this comes down to the depth of your league. I mean, if Paris Campbell's available, he's the guy I want. I mean, I've been drafting him in a lot of leagues. I had him ranked, you know, as a wide receiver four slash five in the preseason. Uh, so that's the guy you definitely want. I mean, he played more snaps than Hilton. Uh, target percentage was about the same. But with Rivers' style, Campbell's going to produce. He was he got some buzz last year as a rookie, got hurt, and then it's like, all right, well, we're moving on. Uh, and had a it was reportedly good in training camp, so he's a guy I definitely want. Uh, Traquan Smith, yeah, I mean, I added him in one league. Uh, there's opportunity there where Michael Thomas he had a huge target share, so yeah, Emmanuel Sanders it benefits him, Jared Cook, even Kamara. But I take a shot on Traquan Smith, but I wouldn't be surprised if he disappointed. Uh, but 
I would take a shot on Traquan Smith and deeper format if I need a receiver. I guess the guy that could disappoint could be Corey Davis. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, it, I love hearing that. I'm... It's you know, look, he was our <laughs> what, what was he picked fifth overall, right? I think he was taken at the top ten. You know, I, I know there's going to be like, well, maybe he's the Devontae Parker. It's tough to see in this Titans offense. I still like AJ Brown a lot. Jonu Smith looks tremendous with the ball in his hands and after the catch. They need to find a way to get him the ball more. You got Derrick Henry. I mean, keep in mind, Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 43 times against Denver on Monday night. Derrick Henry had 31 carries. They had the ball a lot. They're not going to have that script every game. We might not see Ryan Tannehill throw 43 passes maybe one other time this year. Right. Uh, If they're playing from ahead, which won't be every game, they want to run the football. It's clear. Even when Derrick Henry was doing nothing and Denver did a great job containing him, they kept giving Henry the football. It makes sense. I mean, he's a big back, you know, and he did break a couple of decent runs late. He also ran a lot of routes, which is definitely encouraging, which we knew. Darrington Evans was inactive, and uh, they called up, uh, uh, what's his name from the practice squad? Jermick Nichols. So, Henry, we already knew, like, he's going to eat. They're going to feed the hell out of him. And, you know, he's going to eat this week because he has Jacksonville, who he always crushes. But Corey Davis could be the guy where it's like, oh, look, he had a big game. And, a lot of it was slants. Um, he's not a great guy in man coverage. If you watch some of the routes, it was just slants over the middle. I don't even think he was the primary read a lot of the time. And I don't know why they didn't throw to A.J. Brown more. I saw him a couple times where he was open and Tannehill didn't see him. So Brown's the better player. So this might be the best game we see from Corey Davis this year. And if you're going to spend 15% of your budget on him, I think you could be disappointed. Um, I could not agree more with you on the Corey Davis thing. And, you know, it's so funny, too, because now all of a sudden it's like uh, all the Corey Davis truthers um, who for, you know, years stood by him are now crawling out of the woodwork being like, he is the Devontae Parker of 2020. And I'll say this, man, if Corey Davis becomes the Devontae Parker of 2020, it really is 2020. Like, it really is a shit sucking year. Yeah, right. I mean, look, anything's possible. 2020 has been very odd for sure. Look, I was a Devontae Parker guy. And I last year I said, that's it. I'm done. And what happens? I don't have him on any of my teams last year. And that sucked because he was a guy that, you know, for many years I was backing and defending and had enough. And I was not there for the uh, breakout season. I mean, yeah, I got to use him in DFS, but I didn't have him on any of my season long leagues. And I've I'm not I've been I've been high on Corey Davis a couple times. I've had him. I've drafted him. Uh, but uh, I I was more of an allegiance to Devontae Parker. Like I was really a big Devontae Parker guy. Um, I um I will say that I have never been high enough to want Corey Davis on my on my roster that I was an anti Devontae Parker guy from day one. I thought everybody was overrating him uh, year after year and I didn't have him anywhere last year and i did just fine i won titles without him and yeah but you him. you gotta give him credit he was one of the best receivers in the nfl Man, last year yeah dude he was nobody like was, nobody think, was taking miami seriously and and Fitzpatrick it doesn't matter no, no, the no, no, ball no. all See, over the place you gotta give a guy credit when he goes out and crushes Devontae parker was one of the best receivers in the nfl in the second half i think he led the nfl in yardage from like week nine on Devontae parker sucks at football uh, he didn't last year. You can say what you want. You you can have that opinion, but you what you saw on the field, he was better, best receivers in the NFL. 
You can't dispute that. I'm not going to dispute that his numbers looked great last year. I am not going to dispute any of that. And he had a great game against Stephon Gilmore, the top cover corner who shut everyone down. Mm-hmm. And he bowled out against him. Stephon, it's not like he was Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, he did that after Stephon Gilmore was out partying all night long. Was okay, doing, wait, wait. was drinking like a fish. Was doing mad yeah. blow down in Miami, and it was, uh, it was, it was crazy. So that's an excuse for Gilmore, but we don't. Parker could have been doing that, and no excuse. It's the same here. I've always said this, and I don't know if I've had this discussion with you. The one thing that's hard about fantasy and judging talent. We don't know what these guys do off the field. I don't know if you read the Sammy Watkins article on Bleacher Report. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, I did see it. I remember yeah. that. And Sammy Watkins was in Buffalo drinking every night. And he said it afterwards, it took a toll on my body. That's why I was getting hurt. I didn't know that. Sammy Watkins is a talent, bro. Have you seen him in Clemson and he came into the NFL? We saw the years. But he always had issues. Why? He wasn't taking care of his body. He wasn't taking football seriously. The same with Devontae Parker. There were articles that he wasn't eating breakfast. He wasn't drinking enough water. All these little things that we take for granted that we think these athletes do, some of them don't. And we don't know until three, four years later. Now I see why Devontae Parker and Sammy Watkins had issues. They weren't committed. These guys are so dominant at every level. And they come to the NFL, they get money and Sometimes they don't take it seriously enough. They're, that's why guys make it and guys don't. Some guys just eat like shit, eat fast food, don't take care of the bodies, partying, drinking. And then you wonder why, because everyone who comes in the NFL is talented, obviously. But what separates guys from others is the guys who put in the work. And, and now we see Parker and Watkins had issues. Yeah, well, so not only were they uh, they they shitty in fantasy, but they were crap human beings too. Parker was not shitty in fantasy. Come on, bro. No, no, no. Last gotta... year he was good in fantasy for the five years, the first five years of his career. He was shitty in fantasy. He was right. shitty in and football. Last... And he was great last year. And he was great last year. He had one great year, and I am not going to buy into that. That he had that one great year, and then that's the that's the Devonte Parker we're going to see the whole rest of the way. Dude's already banged up. Well, there's a lot, lot of guys, guys banged but, up. You know. I mean, I, I, you know, I said this. There's going to be a ton of injuries this year. It's going to be an insane year. We already have, like, top five receivers. Michael Thomas is out. Chris Godwin's in concussion protocol. It's already, it's already a mess, and we're not even into week two yet. We didn't even get a week two game, and it's already a mess. <laughs> it is already a mess. All right. Uh, we're going to have to get out of here in a little bit because, uh, well, you know, because, uh, we got stuff to do. We got waivers to do. We got waiver claims. We're doing this on Wednesday night. So before we get on out of here, Adam, uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, the spread is, uh, what is it? Seven or six? Is it up to seven? I thought I saw six and a half. I I don't know. I haven't checked. I wasn't sure if it climbed. Nope. Oh, it's down to six on DK Sportsbook. Uh, it's down at five and a half over on FanDuel, uh, six and a half still over at uh, uh, PlaySugarHouse.com. So we'll just stick with DK because that's how we've been doing it. Uh, Bengals are a, uh, are a six-point underdog. The money line is uh, minus 250 on the Browns, plus 215 on the Bengals. The over-under is a, uh, a reasonable 43 and a half. Uh, which way you lean it? Uh, I'm leaning Cleveland minus six, but I don't feel good about it. I am leaning the same way and I do feel good about it. 
Oh, well, you're yeah, you're 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 pro Cleveland. I think it's pretty clear. Well, which is ironic because I hate the city like a you know like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> okay, then I should re- rephrase. You are pro Browns this year. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, but I mean, you know, listen, you know, you look at what's you know, there, there's a lot that Cincinnati still needs to do to develop, and I think that you know if. If Van Pelt and Stefanski can get Baker to stop with the happy feet and put some trust into his offensive line, then he's going to be able to see the field better. He's going to be able to catch Od- Odell Beckham when he's uh, when he's open, uh, and and he's going to be able to you know make better reads. So I think he's definitely still a work in progress, but I like what we've got here as far as a foundation. So I like the uh, I like the minus six. Um, I'm kind of tilting on the under here a little bit. I'm probably going to go with the under. Uh, the Thursday night game, the short turnaround, the inexperience of of Joe Burrow. Um, even though Cleveland's uh, both secondaries are crap, uh, I'll still stay with the uh, with the under. Yeah, I thought Burrow was impressive on that final drive, uh, the game winning drive. He obviously had the bad shovel pass that was clearly a bad decision. But yeah, this should be a bounce back spot for Cleveland. By the way, I thought about this today. Did you real? And I know you probably forgot. Did you realize that in the FSGA prop draft, we had the over eight and a half touchdowns for Michael Thomas? I think we're screwed on that. Right? We are. Yet, also, <laughs> we had the under on Mike Evans. On the, on his was it yardage, yards? On his yardage props. And, and I don't know. I think just on his yard props, not his. Uh... Yeah, well, I think he rebounds this week, especially if there's no Chris Godwin. And even Bruce Arians was talking about how they need to get him the ball more. So, yeah, it was a good start week one. But uh, if there's no Godwin, that's going to open up targets for Evans, especially this week. Because I think the Tampa offense bounces back in a big way this week. Where is how do I get to the how do I get to the draft? I, I'm trying to find. My I don't way. even think you can see it. No, no, like, no. I, I, yeah, because I, I you saved have it, it somewhere? somewhere. Oh, okay. Fa I don't futures? Think I did. No, that's a different one. I know that I saved it somewhere, so I'm gonna have to dig that out. Um, ah, ball sniffers. Where is that? It's all right. We did that early too. We did that in June, man. We did do that early in June. So. Um, <clears throat> In any event. All right. So I'm saying the under and I'm saying Cleveland minus six. You said Cleveland minus six. You're not confident in it. What about the over under? Uh, I lean towards the under as well. There you go. There you go. That's what we got for you guys here tonight. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, Again, if you didn't listen to Adam's potty mouth rant on the Clippers yesterday, go back and listen. You're subscribing over here. You're, uh, to to this podcast, so you better make sure that you uh, you catch up with that one. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. And, uh, we'll be back on uh, with a, a full recap of uh, of the Bengals Browns game and uh, some thoughts. Maybe maybe both of us are going to uh, just do anti Baker Mayfield rants. Who knows? You'll just have to stay tuned. So that's going to do it for us here on Annie Up. Big thanks to Adam as always for Adam Ronis. I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.